This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's only at the Grindhouse. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. Uh, There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show, everyone. Hello, it's episode 91. Can you even believe it? We are creeping up on 100. We really are. We're so close. I can actually count on my (laughs) fingers, which is my primary source of counting. Well, you got your toes. I don't touch my feet. In the summer season, I mean, with your sandals and stuff like that, I mean, they're out there. They're out well, there. They're might out as well there. point to those dogs and get an extra 10. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jesus. So, it's the summer solstice week. It is summer solstice week. It's officially summer, even though here in New York, it has been feeling like summer for a few days now. <laughs> and the weird thing about the summer solstice. What is it, Tom? I mean, it's starting to get dark early again. Really? Right, because isn't the longest day of the summer? Today, yeah, the day that we're recording this, or no, yesterday was. Yesterday the was the, the longest day, day of the summer. So what does that mean? That means that things are going to start getting darker again. Oh my gosh, you sound like my mother now. She's always like, whenever it's like in the dead of winter, she'll be like, it's getting darker. We're gaining like a minute a day. Mm. Yeah, I know. And I feel like once that hump is reached, hump. it's a blink of the eye and it's all over from here. Winter's coming. It's fine. Bring it. <laughs> I know. Point, no, it's just like, whatever, man. I know. I've been finding myself like, as I'm like sweating while I'm waiting for the train lately, because it's just like the stations have just been getting to me like the last couple of days. And as I'm sitting there, I'm just like, I wish that it was time for me to wear my nice winter, big black winter puffy coat. It is not even close to that time. No, if I wore it now, I'd probably die. And it's so hard just to keep in like, you know, like a regulated temperature, even like here, because... The apartment isn't big, so it gets hot really, really fast. Like within an hour, it can go up to like, you know, in the 80s in the apartment. And then you go and turn on the air conditioner, and within a matter of a half hour, it's down into the 60s again. And then you got to turn it off, and then it gets hot again really fast. I mean, there's no way to really regulate it. There's no pleasing you, Mr. Biggs. When your whole life is spent on a couch, all you want to do is at least have the right temperature. True. And just remember those days when you were like, all I want to do is be on the couch. Well, I got part you of it got down. That wish. I got part of it down. But you know. there's no putting that genie back in the bottle. <laughs> no, there's not. Just like this show. We're not going to be able to put it back in the bottle. So why don't we get into a you heard and then move along, donkey. I. This week's You Heard comes to us from 146th Street between Amsterdam and Broadway. Does it? It does, Tom. (laughs) 
<laughs> I wouldn't tell you a lie. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> There's a raccoon outside. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take care of you. I ain't even blood. What what the hell was that in regards to? She was on the phone with someone and she just said, I can't take care of you. Somebody was needing help from her and she couldn't help because she wasn't a blood relative, which I just thought sounds like it kind of went with this week's theme a little bit. Now, if you're looking at like a marrow transplant, <laughs> Ew. that makes sense. But if you're looking for a ride to the Bronx to go shopping in Target... You don't necessarily have to be blood to hop in the car. You still want to ride if you have a car. I'm thinking it was something like monetary or like they wanted them to sign. They wanted her to like sign something, you know, almost in blood. Like like a a lease agreement. Like perhaps a lease agreement or something, you know, financial. Like just from the, the sound of what she was saying, like after that, it just seemed like whoever it was wanted something or like you wouldn't do to just like an average Joe, you know what I mean? Right. Like I'm not going to give you like two thousand dollars to do whatever, but we'll never know because that's the beauty of you heard. We can speculate, but we're never really going to know what the true context is unless like I do stick around long enough, and I just didn't that day. And which point you'll probably get smacked upside the head. I might, I might, I might get involved just to find out more and be like, I'm sorry, what was that about? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> that's this week's you heard. So, so speaking of blood. Uh, speaking of blood, indeed, I was going to just say, I mean, one of the best things about summer for me is the fact that new movies come out and it's kind of like the movies that they like uh companies been holding on to for a while and then they like say oh we're gonna release it in the summer because we're gonna make so much more money on it right the blockbuster the summer blockbuster season which you know started with my favorite horror movie jaws Mm, that's right that was and i I feel like it kind of like after that everything kind of shifted and then uh, it was a sea change as one (laughs) might say (laughs) nice but I feel like now, like, when the winter comes, the movies suck. Like, there's no good movies during the winter. They're all pretty much during the summer. And like, every once in a while, you get, like, a glimmer of one. And it's kind of like, all right, you know, this was, like, an unexpected surprise. John right. Wick. Right, yeah. John Wick came around at the right time, you know. Like, because we haven't really, and it, we haven't been to the movies in, like, a really long time. Because there hasn't been anything that, like we've been dying to see you know like I think we wanted to see Baywatch because we love the rock and we love campy and we just love stupid like we love stupid funny movies like stupid fun you know but it was just like eh, we don't really need to go save it we'll wait until it hits Netflix or Homebox or something like that you know it's not something that we were like there's nothing that's been like we need to go see something in the movie theater right but but I will go see that 47 meters or whatever, that Mandy Moore shark movie, because I do love a good shark movie, as you might guess. From oh, yeah. being my favorite wow. movie. And that movie looks fantastic. And it looks also low budget. Right. Which is what, like, we're really into lately. Like, I just. Lately. Lately. Everybody's into, like, the low budget type look movie. But. I feel like I've been into that look for, like, 
years right. and years now. No, you definitely have. And I mean, like we have when we have our personal like, hey, we're, it's a Saturday night. We're watching one of our movies. It's usually going to be something that's either B movie or lower. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a grading system. It's rare that we like see like a blockbuster type movie. Because I mean. Or like, like an Academy like, Award winner, you know. Yeah, they all suck, man. Like I just don't think that I have the same taste as the majority of people. Or maybe the majority of people are just being led around by studios. And exactly. that's what it's coming out. American be. capitalism at its finest. I personally found that there is more things to look forward to on TV than are actually are coming into the movie theaters. Right, right. And we've talked about some, you know, how we liked The Handmaid's Tale, how we were like so into that show, which just recently wrapped up, you know, its first season, which was just so disturbing and amazing. So disturbing. But luckily, to cleanse the palate from that, we have the little bit of metallic taste of blood in our mouth to wipe away the taste of Handmaid's Tale. Yes, hmm. in the form of Grindhouse Presents. And, um, you know, right now it's Blood Drive right. that is being shown on um, Sci-Fi Channel Wednesdays at 10 o'clock. Yes. And um, it basically is a Grindhouse throwback TV show. It really is, yeah. And I remember telling you the day that I saw the very first commercial for it, just flipping through and all of a sudden, you know, like I just see like this Camaro and the hoods opened up and, you know, this chick's leaning over it in short shorts and... And these, boots as one does. Well, yeah, that's definitely a look somewhere. <laughs> somewhere not in the city. And, uh, you know, basically she feeds a person to the car engine and you find out the cars run on blood. And, you know, this whole thing is about a race and, like, all these weird characters that are involved in this race. And every week, like, supposedly they're going to introduce, like, like it's a, like a new character. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, and a different leg points. of the race. Like, right. it's a cross-country race. Right. And so, it's set in the distant future of 1999. Yes, 1999. <laughs> back when... And one of my, like, one of, like, the, the true signs of it... Was in, I think it was the first episode. Yeah, because the first episode, like where she, where you realize what kind of car she drives, it's she's up again, like her awesome car is up against like a Mitsubishi Lancer, <laughs> which I knew like five people in high school who drove a Mitsubishi Lancer. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> unbelievable. But I mean, the, the show is just, I don't know, man. Like, I've seen mixed reactions on it. Yes, yes. Um, definitely a wide span of reactions for sure. Mm -hmm. But for people who like Grindhouse movies, I mean, it's finally starting to come around again. You know, like in the 70s and even early 80s and stuff, like Grindhouse was an actual thing. You'd go to the movie theaters that would specifically show Grindhouse movies. Right. They're actually the name Grindhouse, <coughs> according oh. to my historianness, um, the the move the term Grindhouse comes from the type of theater that played these types of films. And most of them were like exploitation films, whether it was sex exploitation, black exploitation, or these like what has now become known as Grindhouse film, like just these violent like sexually amped up you know b movies like just low quality low budget you know so that became like kind of like a catch-all term for those kind of movies yeah and it seems like the grindhouse movies are for people like who just had a warped vision and little money 
Right, exactly, yeah. And, yeah, and that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, and they're just doing that thing. They're not doing it to please anybody. No, and like to, <sighs> to picture like a grindhouse theater, like picture 42nd Street before like it all became Disney-fied. Oh. You know, like that's kind of, I know, I know, your favorite, <laughs> your, 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 like when 42nd Street was Tom's favorite part of the city. It really was <laughs> still to this day. Oh, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was crazy back, you know, like when this whole thing was happening. And then it just kind of went away. And right. then people started getting these more polished, shiny movies. And that's what we were basically fed for years and years. And then all of a sudden, back in 2007, Quentin Tarantino comes out and releases um, with Eli Roth the Grindhouse double feature. Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. And Eli Roth was involved right, with Eli it. Right, Eli Roth was involved with it, but it was, you know, it was Planet Terror by Robert Rodriguez and it was Death Proof by Quentin Tarantino. Yes. And that movie, when it came out, I remember just thinking, man, I cannot wait for this movie to come out. And everybody I told about it had no idea what the hell I was talking about. Right, and I remember, like, you had always said, I love this movie, I love this, mo- I love these two movies, I love these two movies, and I was like, I never saw them until you, and I only saw the car one, because Planet Terror, I thought, was, like, a horror movie, and I tend to typically avoid horror movies, because I'm a chicken shit, so I never saw them, because I was like, they look scary, they look like, like, I was intrigued by the, com- like, the- by the trailers I'd see, but, like, I never wanted to watch because I was just afraid that it was going to be something that I couldn't handle. And you were able to. Oh, my God. I have become so obsessed with them. Like, I saw Death Proof a couple years ago, and then very recently we just decided that you were like, I'm done with this. It's time for you to see both of these movies back-to-back, the way that it was intended, with the trailers. So we actually broke out. Now, speaking of, you know, the olden (sighs) days of movies, you know, like – this kind of harkens back to these grindhouse theaters that you used to find on 42nd Street. We broke out the DVD player because we could not find it on Netflix or any other of our streaming services. So we actually had to break out the DVDs and watch the DVDs. Just the fact that we got the DVD player to actually work with the TV. Just the fact that we still have a DVD player sitting on our entertainment center, and we actually have the DVDs here where we could find them. Well, there are certain DVDs that will always travel with me no matter what. I'm looking at Reservoir Dogs on the shelf (laughs) right now. That will always be nearby. The same thing with, you know, the drive-in. My Steve McQueen collection as well. Yes, and we have a drive-in movie theater collection, which is like all like 50s and 60s movies. And then there's, you know, the grindhouse features from, you know... Planetara and um, and Death Proof. And uh, what was weird is when that movie came out and I went, I took the kids to go and see it. It was so ridiculous. It, yeah, they were young at the time. I mean, you, you know, when it came to movies, you were such a bad parent. <laughs> like just taking your kids to see things that they definitely should not have seen. Well, whatever, man. You know, you could say that, but when the kids grew up, like, they weren't afraid of, like, going to any movie or anything. Fine, like, they say, oh, I no, see it was your bullshit, point. Right? <laughs> but um, I think at the time, Tyler was seven, I would say, and Kyle was <laughs> ten. And we sat through, like, the whole four-hour double feature. And it was so spectacular on the big screen. Even they, as kids, who couldn't even understand most of the stuff they were looking at. 
stage through the whole thing. Right. Didn't get up and go to the bathroom for four hours. And you take a seven and a ten year old to a movie theater with a large popcorn and a large soda that split split between the three of these. <laughs> there's gonna be some bathroom trips. None. Four hours straight in the chair, just mesmerized by this. I wish I could have seen it in in a theater setting, especially Planet Terror. It and Death was, Proof. It was incredible. The only thing that was weird is at the time sitting in there watching so many people get up and like leave yeah. during the movie because so just so many people just didn't get it now did they sell did like you know how like you go to a movie and you're like okay i want the seven o'clock showing and then usually there's like a nine thirty showing or a nine o'clock were there like blocks of time or did they sell them as different move? Like you could buy one ticket for the four hour. You could buy one ticket for each. No, you had it to was buy just a full four one, hour. You buy one ticket and that was like Tarantino's thing. When he was promoting the movie, he was like, look, no matter what, he goes, you're going to find some entertainment in it because it's four hours long and it's two different movies and it's a bunch of different trailers in between right. the two of them. Like if you stay long enough, you'll find something worth being entertained by. What he didn't realize was a lot of people don't want to sit through a four-hour movie right. ordeal. Like, they just don't want to do it. Especially at the time we were living in Pennsylvania. And, you know, me, I, I love the blood and guts and, you know, just like the over-exaggerated, right. like, lifestyle of the grindhouse. Right. And now you're going to, like, places where, like, you know, people are trying to, like... People don't move to Pennsylvania to, you know, embrace that. They move to uproot their families and bring them someplace safe and sound where that stuff doesn't exist. That's why people move to Pennsylvania. People who've been in Pennsylvania, they're just not really given this You're sort of thing. generalizing because there are people that saw it. I mean, I remember it playing at our theater for like a long time. So, I mean, like you're not just because you it have wasn't like that a long. View. It was only in the theaters for like a couple of months. Oh, not, not even, not even if maybe it was a month that was in the theater for, because I think it was even maybe less than that, maybe even three weeks because people just weren't going. We were sitting in our chairs watching people get up and walk out. By the time, like, because they played it in the order of Death Proof per- first. Um, and No, I'm sorry. Planet Terror first and then Death Proof second. By the time it was halfway through um, Death Proof, mm-hmm. the second feature, there was like the three of us and maybe two other people in the theater left. Oh, my God. That's crazy. And that was it. And I remember going there the day before. And asking if they were going to do a midnight showing first. And they were like, no, we're not doing a midnight showing. I'm like, can I buy tickets for it now for tomorrow? And they were like, it's not even in the system yet. Like, the movie theaters didn't even expect it to do anything, like, at the time. But back then, I don't remember Pennsylvania because I was living there. You know, that was the only place in the world that I had lived at that point. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember there being, like, a lot of, like, let's do a midnight showing. Like, that just wasn't a thing regardless of what movie it was. I mean, because by that point, I mean, maybe the first, you know, Marvel movies of the real thing, you know, not like non-Hulk stuff, you know, but like, I think like after Iron Man changed everything for Marvel, you know, then they started doing like, oh, we're going to open things on midnight, you know? So, I mean, like, I just don't think that the midnight showings was a thing at the time. Like, I remember being a kid and our local mall, when it had its theater, like, built into the mall, had, you know, they would do midnight showings of Rocky Horror 
horror back like in the late 80s when I remember being like what is that what is this thing like they Mm. did these but and then they stopped by the time I became aware of what exactly Rocky Horror was so I don't think that that was something that they would have done any for any movie at that point yeah I mean they did have them though which is why I went there to see if they would because I mean I can't give you an example of one but I know that I've been to like a couple of midnight movies at that okay, point fine. in time you're just debunking you're you're miss myth bustering everything that I'm saying yeah but here's the thing though <laughs> when they would have those movies it would be like they would do a midnight movie based off of the success of the movie that came before it right. so like you know, Star Wars is always going to have a midnight movie. Uh, Avengers is always going to have a midnight right, movie. Right. But something like this, I figured because it was Tarantino, they would involvement. They would do right, a and because movie. it was harkening back to a genre that you know a lot of people did still love on. You know, I knew a bunch of people on VHS that were that like had movies like this on VHS, and they were like, "Oh my god, I'm going to watch this tonight," even though it's on VHS. You know, like I remember friends of mine being very excited. That this this movie these movies were coming out. Yeah, and I remember seeing like at midnight. I could I can actually remember seeing Kill Bill at midnight. Okay, well I don't remember that. So oh, obviously well, you've proven well, me wrong. Okay, well, let's move Cinemark on. and music. Thank you so much for proving my point. Thank you very much. Anyway, now that you have proven me wrong, publicly shamed. Oh, you're let's so move on. shamed. Let's move you're on. So shamed. So anyway, so after the movie's over. We're looking at it, and I was like, man, this hopefully starts this revolution of Grindhouse movies coming back into the forefront. It's been gone for probably 20 years, and now all of a sudden, maybe it's back because, I mean, it was just done well, and it was just so entertaining. But then after seeing the theater clear out, it was kind of like, maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. And then within a couple of months, Tarantino came out and was like going, it didn't do good. Right. Like, it just flopped like people were not going to see it they just did not care and then eventually down the road like it picked up on dvd and then on you know like on cable things started showing up and then all of a sudden it was kind of like this is great because you know now maybe it's going to come around and it had like a little blip and then it went away again. yeah tarantino interestingly enough um you know death proof is considered to be his weakest film and he agrees with that which is so weird to me because I would say that is up there as one of my favorite films of his. Honestly, like, because I think this was like the final movie before because I didn't like Django Unchained. I didn't like Hateful Eight. And I think like this was really like the last movie of his like golden era of film. And after seeing it, but the thing is like, I saw Death Proof a bunch of times, like, you know, picking it up on when it was on, like, regular television, we would, like, put it on or, you know, seeing it and stuff. But I didn't really get a sense for it until this last time when we watched it because we had seen, since the, since my first viewing of it until when we watched it, like, two weeks ago, I hadn't seen Vanishing Point before so like now Vanishing Point is like one of my favorite movies because it's such an awesome car movie. Like I even think that I like it better than Bullet and Bullet was like my favorite movie for like a thousand years because I love Steve McQueen. But like watching Vanishing Point, it's such a cool car movie and you have to have an appreciation for that to 
understand how cool and good Death Proof is because that plays a big role in it. And Vanishing Point is like a true, true grindhouse movie. Yeah, and it's and it's also like it's it's in that genre of like that seventies golden era, which <laughs> again, like you can't not say it, like I have to say it, but like of those car movies like Bullet, like Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, you know, like just what was that other movie? Death Race. Like just that period of movies where like it was grindhouse, but it was also just like badass muscle cars. Yeah, and the car was like the biggest character in the movie. Yeah. Because none of the people really talked at all. Like yeah. there was that DJ who yeah. would come on yeah. and just basically narrate what was and going on. Kowalski. Yeah. Oh, and then you damn. would just watch the car like drive down like these, you know, country highways yeah, and avoid cops. Str- and it was like not a lot of a lot of crazy action or anything like that. No. It was and so many holes in the story. Like you're and that was the, also the thing with Grindhouse. It's yeah. kind of like... Like I, you missed a reel. Like there was like a reel missing that explained yeah. something. Yeah. And you're like going, wait a minute. What's the deal with this guy? And then is that the same character that showed up like yeah. a half hour yeah. later in the film? But playing somebody different now? Like, But yet it all works. Like it just, it all works seamlessly. And then the ending is just, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> And that's the thing. I mean, and it makes you think about it. I mean, now everything needs to, we said it a thousand times on this show, everything needs to just be so packaged for people. Mm -hmm. Like you need to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And any time a movie starts from the end and works its way backwards, it's like a revolutionary thing. Because I guess people who are making movies now just feel like their audiences are so dumb they can't handle Right, like that's what a, it is. A different way of seeing it. The right, story. because we live in a society where you have to give it to me in the headline. Like, yeah. I need the headline, and that's all that I have time for. Whether it's flipping through Facebook, whether it's going up through Twitter, like, everything has to be compartmentalized and quick, and I don't have time for this. But it's like, you don't go to a movie because you want to watch, like, you, you want to. Like you, you go to a movie because you kind of want to escape and you want right. to, so you want to be entertained and that's not happening now. Yeah. And I would rather think about a movie because it gives you something after you leave. Yeah. As opposed to just saying the movie was wrapped up. Like I want to leave a theater and be thinking about the movie and then that's how I gauge whether or not I think a movie is good. Yeah. Like Vanishing Point is a type of movie that just like gives me chills and having seen Death Proof through the eyes of seeing the white challenger of Vanishing Point and appreciating that, it's like, wow, like that that experience when we spent that Saturday watching both movies back to back with the trailers in between, you know, like the fake trailers that two of them ended up becoming, you know, or yeah, two of them ended up becoming real movies. Um, Which was Machete. Yeah, Machete and, and Hobo and with a Shotgun. Hobo with a Shotgun. With Rutger Hauer. Yes, and it is a horrible movie. Oh my god, it's so, so bad. Good. But it's so good. It's so good. But like, it, it stuck with me to the point where I was like, I could not get enough of the soundtrack because one thing about a Tarantino movie is the music is always goddamn good. I'm trying to think about the last two movies. I would say the original Tarantino. Yeah, movies like were. up until from Death Proof, for back going yeah. back. Yeah, because I mean. What Pulp was fiction. in Django or, you know, yeah. or uh, Hateful, Hateful Eight? Eight. I have no idea. Cause, yeah, I just hated those movies so much. 
Yeah, and I mean, Tarantino said, what, one more movie and he's done? Like, that's it? Bye, or Felicia. he's done now? And it was kind of <laughs> like, you were done two movies ago. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, And again, it's just because it's not that his, his cinematography isn't beautiful. Like, that's not no, even a question. No, he's a great filmmaker. It's just that, like, but it's... The, yeah, but what it's about, though, it's like... Although, I have to say, Inglorious Bastards was pretty good. Like, it eh. wasn't... It was, it was pretty good. It was, if it was somebody else who made it. Like, you're coming off Death Proof and going into Inglorious Bastards, and it's kind of like, that's a leap yeah, to I go guess. from that to that. Because it was something just so, just kind of like, I'm doing this because I loved Vanishing Point, the movie. Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. Yeah. I love those movies. I'm going to make an homage to that. And then it went to, like, this historical movie after that. Yeah, Like, true. an Academy Award winner, where the other one... Was a movie nobody was going to see. I guess as a filmmaker, okay. you want the money, so yeah, you course, want people yeah. in the seats. But at the end of the day, it's because that's how you get the next one done, you know. So, but it also, you know, kind of, I guess, gives a bad taste in the mouth to the people who are the actual fans of Tarantino who's turned it around. All right, point taken. So, ten years go by. Ten years between Death Proof and Planet Terror, and then all of a sudden. Sci-Fi Channel releases Blood Drive. And my God, was it incredible. Like, right now, I am very much digging it. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very... I mean, there's lots of blood, as the name would imply. There's lots of severed limbs flying all about. There's lots of car shots, which, you know, is really, really cool. And it's just... I don't know. I really like it. Like, I really do. I mean, even though it's kind of gory at times, like, I just think it's <laughs> it's it's fun. It's a good romp. It's in the middle of the week. And it's just like, you know, it's a nice just, yeah, getting yeah. ready for the back half of the week. Yeah. And it's just, um, it's just so mindless. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, um, the Cheryl Eddy from io9, uh, which is like a Gizmodo site describes it as kind of cannibal run meets mad max meets a rob zombie music video yeah that's dead and, on and i i <laughs> think that that is absolutely a perfect like just because the music is like loud and it's like and you and it kind of sounds like a like there's been times where i'm like is that a rob zombie song like to be <sighs> honest with you and it's just that like that sound that like loud but like sexy and yeah and it's very distorted and the look is kind of distorted yeah and, and it's campy as fuck like, oh my god is it ever and the weird thing about like the campiness of it is when i was first when I watched that first episode, because I watched it a few times now. So I watched the first episode. And the main character, the guy who's actually putting on the, the death race. Mm-hmm. Julian Slink, his name is, his character. Yes. I did not like him when I first saw him. Oh, I was in love with him the second uh, I saw really? him. Really? He yeah. was the only part I did not like the first time I watched He was watched just like the, so the oily and evil. And it was just like, his name is Julian Slink. Like, how do you not love that? I think I was just looking at it like... You're too young to be playing this part. Like, and I don't know why, because you would have to be, if for the storyline, you'd have to be a younger person. But for whatever reason, I was just like going, this guy just doesn't fit. Who would you have wanted? Like, who would you want to be in that role? Oh, man, who would I have wanted to be in that role? I think maybe And this has got this guy is basically like a barker. Like he's like like a circus barker kind of character for the death race. Like he's kind of 
spurning everyone on. He controls everybody in the race. You know, he punishes people in the race for doing things. So, like, he's basic. He's just like yeah, this overlord. Show. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's basically like his 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 show, man. The whole things, but. I would love to have seen somebody like, and and you and I talked about this unrelated, but ever since then, every time I watch the show, I'm like, oh man, he would be good for this. Somebody like Mickey Rock. Mm-mm. See, I think he would be because he's just like gritty and dirty and like, I feel like the guy who plays the main character now is just very polished, like too polished for a grindhouse movie itself. Everybody else is like... Wait, are you talking about the cop or the barker? The barker. Okay, okay. Because yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, 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 the barker. Because you think of it as like if, um, let's say, everybody else in the movie is putting bodies in their cars... Right. They're getting filled with blood, and they're all grimy and greasy. And I mean, this guy is greasy too, but yeah. just not greasy enough. It looks like maybe just too much makeup, as opposed to just not just looking dirty enough in real life. Right? Because I mean, like, yeah, like if you like, he is he is polished, but like he does have gross teeth. Like he kind of reminds me almost like a meth, like almost like a meth addict who got his shit together, but still has like the shitty gross teeth. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I could totally see that. But I'll tell you, after watching it the second time, he definitely grew on me. And then after watching episode two of Blood Drive, mm-hmm. I was like, I really like his character now because I'm starting to see him in a different way. Because his whole life isn't just out in the streets with the race car drivers. It's also dealing with corporations. Right. Which happens to be an under like an overlord over the overlord like right which we're starting to find out so you know as the story's playing out it's like oh yeah and so you're, you're looking at him and you're like going well he kind of would be polished because he's dealing with these big money peoples and obviously he's from money because you find that out the first episode too all these other people are like desperate and he's right. basically playing the part of somebody who's desperate but he is far from desperate He's just a, like a rich psychopath. Right. It's yeah. Which, you know, kind of fall, which kind of follows like the formula of like what that movie, what was that movie? Like the tournament where there's like all these rich people who watch these people kind of like act on this game. Like they like film all these people like desperately trying to get to the end of the game for survival and like win some kind of money, you know, like, so yeah, I mean like. Yeah. So then it makes sense. But I mean, I just took a little bit to get that or realize like. Well, See, and now you're kind of just being a hypocrite because you're like, everybody, nobody wants to watch a movie and just, you know, everybody wants everything wrapped up. It's like, we're only two episodes well, no, no, no. in. It wasn't, it wasn't that as much as, you know, just his look. It was like, his look was polished from the start and like everybody else was kind of grimy and it was kind of like, why is this guy polished? Well, like they should have because, released that a little bit sooner. Right. But I think it was because these people were coming from all over to take part in this race and the race like began in Los Angeles. Yeah. So like all these people were traveling from wherever they were from to get to this place. And plus like if your cars run on blood, which, and that's the thing that bothers me. Like I kind of don't like the fact that like, when they're fueling up, so to speak, it's spraying all over. Like, I just feel like, I don't know. I'm like, somebody would figure out a way to make it like not so messy because like you're telling me that every time you have to fill up your car with a dead body or a live body, depending <laughs> on what kind of sadist that you, you might are. might only need a limb. <laughs> right. But like, <laughs> 
I just find it hard to believe that like it wouldn't be a cleaner process. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, it's grindhouse, so I think they. Need I guess that yeah. Blood, I guess we need know? to have like physically grinding. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. And, <laughs> and the characters are just so weird and disturbing. Like there's a clown in it, man. That just, I hate him so much. Oh my god, he was bothering me so yeah, much. There was a fat Elvis. Fat Elvis, the clown, and there's um this kind of there's this. Kind of, I don't know if they're a couple or not, but they're the scholar and the gentleman. The gentleman and the scholar. Yes. They are definitely together. <laughs> but whether it's an actual gay couple, we we might not know. But One of them thinks they're together. The other one is just right, like, this yeah. is just for the race. And Cheryl Eddy, you know, of io9 said that it was kind of that their relationship is a little bit tone deaf for 2017. I don't think that too much because I think it's just like it's just a campy kind of show. Um, she also said that there there's kind of like a tired representation of like the strong female character because there is a male char- a male lead and a female lead, and that she's kind of like you know she's strong but she's also hot so she can appeal to the the guys and she's strong so she appeals to the girls and then there's like one recurring black character so she did have a problem with that so there is like a little bit of a. Like, in, you know, the black character is a cop and he kind of shows up once in a while. Right. But he's Usually been in and he's in trouble. So yeah. Like, so it seems like he might be getting like a bigger role. But like so far, he's kind of just been in trouble and like tied up and stuff. So. Yeah. And and again, you have to go back to it and just realize this is the genre. Right. It's, like, it's an exploitation gonna genre. There's yeah. going to be, you know. Yeah, it, it was sex, it was black exploitation, it was just exploitation in general. Which made it so good. Right, because it was just everybody was and it wasn't like it was specifically targeting a different like a certain community or a certain race. It was just that was the genre and there were these subgenres that people could go see, people like themselves on screen, and it was what it was you know it wasn't like it wasn't it didn't have to be pc and that's what so many people were drawn to yeah because it's you know the the life of like let's say uh oh my god like the great gatsby like you and i we can't relate to that like we go to that movie and uh, i mean we saw the look of it we would love that lifestyle but we can't relate to that right and it's kind of like going okay that's mindless entertainment for me but it's like less entertaining because i'll never get there the people who are broken desperate and stuff like that i can definitely relate more to that and then like you're gonna add in like this factor of violence where it's kind of like you know these people they'll do whatever they have to do and it's kind of like man that's so cool that you know that this is the case. But in the same respect, it's so over the top, you're like going, all right, I know this isn't a real thing either. You right, know? right. So if you have time on Wednesday nights at 10, check out Blood Drive on Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely, it, it's, it's worth checking out. Yeah, totally. Totally. So shall we get into a Raleigh Polyarati? I guess so. All right, let's roll it. Rolly, body, body. Rolly, body, body. Baked beans. It's not that one. I know, but now we're like in it, so I just wanted to say it now that we're in Rolly Poly Rorty. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, our 
Flights are booked. Yeah, we're going to the Mayo Clinic. We're going to the Mayo Clinic. Happy summer vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work out with work, like whether it's going to be vacation time or whether it's going to be sick time or whether I'm I'm seriously thinking about just bringing a computer because I don't know what the schedule is going to be like there and try to get some yeah. work done instead of just burning through like all these days and stuff. Yeah, but I think that the important thing is that you just tend to yourself and just because I think it's going to be long days of poking and prodding and I think that you just the important thing is just for you to just take care of yourself and figure what the hell is wrong with you you mystery it is crazy and we um, should hire mike tyson's mystery team and figure out yeah can you imagine him trying i can't even pronounce the name of the nerve that possibly been cut or like what some of the things are that they think i might have can you imagine tyson trying to pronounce stuff <laughs> just 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 reimagine him saying chubacabra <laughs> chupacama chupacama <laughs> but um you know as of right now what we have found out was um i've been on blood pressure medicine to get my blood pressure raised because it's low and like we discussed last week when i sit up or stand up it drops dramatically right. which is where like this passing out and you know more blacking out than passing out i would say and um you know and the dizziness and all that stuff so they're thinking that that could very well be a blood pressure problem. Yeah. All right. So they gave me medication to raise my blood pressure. And after taking it now for three weeks, um, no change in blood pressure. No, and you still getting you're still getting woozy. You're still, which is very scary to me. You're aside from the fact that like you are getting so woozy when I'm around. So I can only imagine what's happening when I'm not, and can God forbid not be able to be here to like more peaceful wooziness. <laughs> but you're also losing weight, and that is so scary to me. Well, this is the thing that I talked to my doctor about. It was weird because I had both um, the pulmonologist and my general practitioner in the same day, one right after the other. One was at 8.30 in the morning where they were checking my carotid arteries and my neck to see if maybe the blood wasn't flowing properly to my brain, and that could be one of the problems. Um, So I see him first, all right? And when I go and meet with him, he runs me through all these tests, and after the tests are over, he's like going, okay, let's take a look at, you know, some of your past results. And he's like... Man, he goes, your blood pressure should be up because of the medicine right. that you're on. He goes, there is no way that your blood pressure isn't changing from being on this medicine. He goes, something is just causing your body to react to this. So I told him, I was like, well, I'm going to the Mayo Clinic. They're going to check um, neurological. Uh, neurological issues. And he was like, I still think it's a blood pressure issue. If we can get your blood pressure to stabilize. Yeah, well, you can't. It won't be. And that was my point. I'm like, <laughs> well, we've been on the drugs. And he goes and says, well, we're going to give you more drugs. And then he's like, "Is there like what else is going on? And I explained the tunnel vision, the dizziness, the passing out, right. the nausea. And then nausea. Nausea. And then I was like, you know, and I'm like, and another thing that's been really concerning me lately is the fact that I'm losing weight. And he goes and he says, but you had bariatric surgery. So you should don't you want to lose like i don't understand he goes and says you know we the weight goal which he and i talked about is between 160 and 165 and he goes and he says so you're at like 183 right now or actually i was 184 when when i did the wagon and uh he was like so you still want to lose between you know 
19 and 24 pounds to get to your goal weight. And he goes and says, so why are you concerned about losing weight now? Right. And I'm like, because I am taking in more calories than I can possibly be burning off because I can't do anything at this point. In time. Right. And I'm like going, so if you're telling me that I'm burning off three meals a day by walking from the bedroom to the couch to the bathroom and back again, I'm like, it's virtually, yeah, there's, there's something much, much bigger wrong. Right. So he was like, oh, I don't think so. And then at that point in time is when I started kind of losing faith in him. Right. Because yeah. I was like, no, you're not getting it. Like the numbers just don't add up. Like you lose weight based on how much you burn. Right. Like it doesn't matter that my stomach is smaller. If my stomach is smaller and I eat a lot and don't work out, I should gain weight. You should gain or plateau or something. Like- right. And it's not the case. I'm losing a pound to two and a half or three pounds a week. Uh, this 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 week was only a pound. Only. But I stuffed myself this week on purpose, like with bad stuff. And I told my doctor this too. And I'm like, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I'm like, it's not that I'm off the rails. I am making a conscious decision to see if I can get the weight to stop from falling. Right. So, I mean, I can't eat a lot of bad stuff. I can't eat a lot of anything. But in between meals, I would have like, you know, ice cream. Mm -hmm. I would have like cookies, like things that no way I should have. Right. And I figured, all right, maybe I'll gain a pound. Maybe I'll stay the same. Maybe I'll even gain two pounds and then I'll go back to not eating this stuff. And then at least I'll know in my head it's not anything to do with the bariatric I think you're telepathically giving it to me. Like, I think that's what's (laughs) happening. (laughs) Well, I think that you get nervous with everything that's going on, and then you I join in, yeah. I join in, yeah. Where I can only eat so much, so I break the ice cream out, and I'll have, like, you know, four or six. One or two bites. And then I'm like, oh, and here, let's split this. And then you wind up just because you have it, and then you go at it. You know? Thank you. Well, it's, I'm just saying it's not like you. It's it's part my fault that you're doing this, and I totally get it. It's not. But after leaving the heart doctor and going to the regular mm-hmm. general practitioner, I explained to her the same situation and stuff like that. And um, she thinks it could possibly be a gland problem where, you know, like something is basically telling my system, like, to go into protection mode and drop my blood pressure. Like it might not necessarily be, you know, my heart or my my circulation. It's maybe like a gland that's saying. It's shutting down because I think you've lost too much weight. That is my, that is what I truly believe. I think that you've lost way too much weight, way too fast. And it could be. But I think that like, you know, maybe the bariatric surgery, which I do think that you had to have because it corrected the, the other issues, pain. the other issue, like this horrible, horrible pain that you had been living with for nearly a year. So, like, I think to a point that the bariatric surgery was a good idea because it did help you lose drastically quickly the weight that you needed to lose in order to rectify that situation. But, like, there should have been a plateau period now because the weight that you lost was not was supposed to be that over like the course of 12 to 18 months and you lost it in six months and i think that like in my non-medical brain that just seems to me like 
there's something radically wrong because of that surgery. Like there's something in your body because of that. And it could be. And it could be the infection from, you know, from the kidney stones. Sure. Like I think maybe they all just like lit the cylinders of some kind of issue. And that's very possible because she did say a lot of what I have is stuff that I should have had. It's not stuff that should have just came on out of the blue. And if it was part of, you know, the bariatric surgery, I should have had it a lot sooner than I did now. But this all came about after having a fever of between 102 and 104 Mm -hmm. for two weeks straight from the kidney stone infection. Right. So it's kind of like I know that's involved somehow for sure. Like that – I don't know if that's what's causing it or at the very least it's what triggered it. Right. Um, And she was like, it could be. But, you know, like I said, Mayo Clinic in just a couple of weeks and we'll see where We're putting our eggs in the Mayo basket. We're making some egg salad with the Mayo Clinic. Yeah. Now all we have to do is just get a uh, hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) And That's all. And a Juicy Lucy maybe. Hopefully they have them in Rochester, Minnesota. I'm going to find one no matter what, because either way, we have to drive back through St. Paul to get <laughs> to the airport. So I will find a way to get a Juicy Lucy before I leave. I'm telling you, though, we're not splitting it like we did the last time. No, because I want to take mine home with me. <laughs> like, I, I really hated giving up, you know, and leaving without it because yeah. that was incredible. <laughs> a burger stuffed with cheese in the middle. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So... I will leave you with that image in your head as we wrap this week's Roly Poly Roly. And in turn, I think we can wrap up this week's episode. Why don't we do that? Why don't we just spill blood? May the rivers flow with the blood of the non-believers. Yeah. Um, Just so that you guys know, as of right now, we're having some kind of weird technical issue with the comments on our SoundCloud page. So if you're unable to put comments up over the last three shows um, or haven't been able to, it's being looked into. We're trying to figure out why this is happening. So keep commenting. Keep trying. That's it. Or, yeah, keep trying. Like eventually, like that stupid comment box will come back up. I don't understand why. But like I said, it's being looked into. But in the meantime, if you have something to say to us, email us. Yeah, email us. What the hell is the problem that you need to be given like comment boxes in order to like send us <laughs> stuff. You can email us anytime at highregardshow at gmail.com. And if you don't know what the email address is, go to our website and look it up. It's just highregardshow.com. Come on, man. Can we make it any easy for you? We actually could. Oh, okay. Because you're already on your phone anyway. So find us on social media as High Regard Show. Oh, yeah. You lazy sons of bitches. That's right. <laughs> go to a movie that makes you think. because it doesn't really have a beginning middle or end it's just blood guts and sex and who doesn't love that who doesn't need a little bit more of that in their life that's right now go grind something bitches yikes have a good week everybody
out of life go out to a movie